Welcome to Hope Church Winter Garden. This week's podcast is part of our new series, New Year, New You. And then I ask myself the question, do these signs even work? And the same guy does it every single week, and I'm, I'm wondering if he's asking himself the question, do these signs even work? And so the whole purpose behind the signs for me was that way when people come, they would, for you guys that all come that are new, you'd say, oh, cool, this church is here. I'm coming to this church, and there's a signs, and that's where we're going. There's arrows, and it says we can't wait to see you, and it says you're almost there because we want you to be here, and we, we want to, we're excited that you're here today. And if you're here today, it's your first time, we want you to know we're glad that you're here, and you're welcome here. No matter where you came from, you're welcome here. No matter where you've been, no matter where you're going, you get, you're welcome here, and you're invited here, and this can be your home. This can be your church. And so I was thinking about that, and so this lady comes up behind me, and I put my hazards on, and I'm about, and I'm, I'm in the way now, because I, I just park my car wherever I want to park my car, Nicole. It's kind of how I roll. I just kind of park that thing. And most people pull off in the parking lot, not me. I just, I go down here, down, down the road here, and I, don't, I, I park my car facing oncoming traffic. I don't care. I feel like if you have your hazards on, you can do whatever you want to do. That's what firefighters do. That's what cops do. And so I'm just like, I'm going to put my hazards on. And so, anyways, I put my hazards on, and lady passed by me, a red car, and I noticed that, I'm, I noticed, and I keep on going, and. She's, she puts her hand out her, 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 her window and says, hey. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> and like, I swear our church is an awkward and weird church, but hey, you know, I, I always have 13-foot signs hanging out at the top of my roof, you know. And so I pull, put the last sign in right out here. They are in to the place, to the church, and to the school. And she says, hey. I said, yes, ma'am. She says, where's that church at? I said, it's not weird, I promise. <laughs> I said, it's right down there at the end. It's right, it's in the auditorium here at the Western High School. What time does it start? She goes, I've been telling myself I need to get back into church. And so um, I thought to myself, man, every little thing that we do is important here at this church. And, and there she is. She's here. That's what I'm talking about. Let's give her a hand. She's here. She wants you to know that she's here. And we do all of these things. Because we want people to come to the table. We want to set this thing up so people can come and hear about a person as name is Jesus. So we do all of that so people can come to the table. And we believe that the more people that come to the table, God is going to do something new in their lives. We are expectant this year for God to do some amazing things in every single one of your lives this year. I walked out of here just last week and, and, I, and a guy said to me, we love this church. I said, why? She, he said, because this church talks about hope. And we live in such a world where it seems like everything is bad news. Well, we know. It's simple for us. The, the guy that walked out is my friend and loved the guy. I said, this is our church. We know if you've been at this place for a while or if you know Jesus, we know there's a hope. And that hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And so we want to be here to usher people into the table to meet Jesus. And the Bible all throughout it says God's going to do a new thing. The verse that we're going to use throughout the whole entire series, and I hope that you're here, we're hoping this is going to be the most inspiring, this, this is going to be the most inspiring series that we've given you guys to inspire you to have a great year. We believe, some of you guys said 2015 was a train wreck, or it was miserable, or you hated it, but we want you to know that your best days are ahead of you. Your best days, 2016, I hope that you believe that we, I hope that you believe that 2016 is looking a lot better. I hope that you believe that things can get better. Whatever your situation is, it can get better in 2016. No matter how bad it was, it can get a lot better in 2016. So we're believing that for our church, and we're believing that for every single person in this room. 
Um, I want to talk to you today about come to the table. And so if you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. While you're turning there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. I want you guys to remember that, memorize that verse over the next four weeks. You'll be able to because I'll say it a bunch of times. The Bible says this. If you are in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. All the old is passed away and the new is coming for you. And you can get the paraphrased version of that. But I want you to, I want you to be able to capture the concept of the fact that if you're in Christ, then you're a new creature. And if you're a new creature, all the old is passed away and there's new for you. And you get to become new again. And Jesus did that for you and I on the cross. He made a way for you and I to become new. In Matthew chapter 26, it's a very familiar story to some of you guys in here today. It's a story of Jesus' last days on earth. And if you know anything about dying or if you have any friends that have been close to death, you know the most important things that someone will say to you are, are on their, is on their last days. The most important things that you say to people will be the things that you share on the last days. This is the la- I want to leave you with this. And so he's talking to the guys, Matthew chapter 26. He has the last dinner he ever has with these disciples. The last dinner. There's going to be some things that he's going to communicate that are super, super important for, for, him, for them to get. But he didn't want just the disciples to get it. He wanted you and I to get it. The very last meal. I remember my, my, my grandpa, my grandpa died the day after Thanksgiving, my senior year of high school. I'll never forget that. It was my senior year. That's a big year. It was the day after Thanksgiving. I'll never forget that. And my, one thing about my grandpa is, man, he was like, no one, loved, no one loved Jesus more than my grandpa. If there was a competition, he would win. There's not a competition, by the way. But no one loved Jesus more than my grandpa. And I remember seeing that every single Thanksgiving, he would pray and he would sing. And that was the same thing every Thanksgiving. He would pray and he would, he would sing and he could sing and he'd make us sing. And if we didn't sing, he'd make us sing longer until everyone started singing. And then once we all sing, he would kind of, sometimes that would take 30 minutes. And he could pray for like an hour. And so I'm like, by then the food was cold, you know, and it was time for dessert, you know. So it's like. I believe that these are the most important things that Jesus leaves for his disciples. Matthew chapter 26, if you have a Bible or if you have an iPhone or an iPad, um, if you don't, you're cool. It's okay. We have it on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 26, verse 20. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with his 12 disciples. While they were eating there, he said to them, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. This is, you, you know the story. This is right before he dies on the cross for our sins. Easter story, if you will. And he says, one of you guys is going to betray me. Greatly distressed, each of them asked in turn, am I the one, Lord? He replied, one of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures describe long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would far better for that man if he had never been Born, He's sitting there, and he says to his guys, could you imagine this? He's there with his closest friends, and they all think they're his best friend. Do you, ever, do you have a friend that you're like, they're like, hey, what's up, best friend? And you wonder if they call everyone their best friend? You ever, you ever a friend like that? You're like, you have 65 best friends. You know, you can't have 65 best friends. So this guy, he says, one of you guys, they're all close to him. They're all super tight with him. And one of them says, uh, they all say, well, who is it going to be? Who's going to betray you? 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 Twelve times. And in verse 25, Judas, the one who would betray him, also said, Jesus, am I the one? Every one of them said, Jesus, is it me? Am I going to betray you? Jesus, am I going to betray you? Am I going to betray you? Am I going to betray you? 
Even Judas, the one who's going to betray him, is going to say, this is the one. Even Judas himself asks the question, am I, going to, am I going to betray you? Am I going to turn my back on you? And we keep on reading verse 26, as they were eating. He says this to him. This is like Jesus' sarcasm. I love this. He says, Judas, the one who would betray him, also said, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus said, you said it, not me. <laughs> Jesus is sarcastic. Um, very sarcastic. I like that. And Jesus was fun. He was all these amazing things. I, I love that about him. He, he wasn't just this boring guy that hung on a tree. He was actually fun. And he did fun things. And they went and hung out. And every time they would walk and they would talk, I'm sure he said really, really funny things. And, and I don't think you and I, they're not all recorded in the Bible. But I think Jesus said some funny things. And so he's like, you said it, not me. My kids, when they get in trouble, they say, are you going to spank me? And I'm like, you said it. You know, like, you already know it. You deserve it. You're asking me because you know you should get a spanking. And so let's go get a spanking. You know, let's get ready to get a spanking. And so Jesus says, is it me? And he goes, yep. This is me. I don't know everything else he said there at that table. I don't. But if I could speculate for a moment, and, and I can because I have the microphone. Um, he says to them, I, I want you guys to know. I think he says at the table, I want you guys to know since you're here, I want you guys to know that I love you a lot. And... Um, and I care for you. And you guys are all, you guys are all at this table because I want you to be at this table. And um, you're my friend. And I want you guys to know that, you, you already know this, we've had this conversation before, guys. But I want you guys to know that you're, don't forget that you, we learned a lot. And you guys have walked with me for these, these past, past two and a half, three years. And I want you guys to know that everything that we've talked about, it's about to come to pass. And I, I want you guys to know that no matter what, you're going to feel like you're, you're lonely and because I'm leaving, you're going to feel like you're lonely, but I want you guys to know that I'm going to be with you always. You're, you're in good shape. And I don't think Jesus asked these guys to come to the table just so they can have some bread and wine. That'd be silly. He didn't just say, come over, we're, gonna, we're just going to have a meal together. We're just, we're, I'm, I'm hungry and you're hungry, so come on over. He says, guys, I, I, we're, I, want, I want you guys to know that I, I love you guys and I, I'm, I'm deeply, deeply invested in you guys. And I, I want you to know as a church today, if you're going to go into this new year, and as a group here, if you're going to go into this new year, and it's going to be the year that God has for you, you've got to start at the table. And you've got to remember the things that God has said to these guys, because he said it to them, because they had to record it, so that God, so you and I would know that he's also saying it to us. You, things are going to get better for you, guys. I, I, I'm making a way. Up until this point, these guys, every single year, they would rely on some priest to, to do, to, we, they rely on some priest to take care of the sins for them. They would sacrifice an animal. And Jesus saying, hey guys, the old system is going to pass away. There's a new system coming. There's, a, there's new coming. There's, there's, there's new for you. And there's new for the people that are going to come after this thing. And so I want you to know there's going to be something new for every single one of you guys in here today. And I think God wants you to know that because if you walk around this year thinking God can't do anything new in my life, you know what's going to happen? Nothing new will happen in your life. But if you take God's word to you and you say, well, man, God's word said it, I believe it, then man, you will watch things happen in your life that you probably would never ever think could happen in your life. I meet people all the time like, man, things can't get better. Do you know what happens to those kind of people? They don't get, things don't get better. If things can't get better, they're not going to get better. My dad used to always say to me, you can't say can't. You're not allowed to say can't. He didn't say you can't say can't because that would be breaking his own rule. But what he would say is you're not allowed to say can't. We can't. You're not allowed to say can't. Find a way. Find a way. 
you've got to find a different way. Go a different route. If you can't go over top, go underneath. If you can't go underneath, go around. You don't, you can never say, not allowed to say can't. And if you believe that God can't do anything new in your life, then it's going to be hard for him to do something new in your life. But if you believe this year that things could be better, things could be different, then you'll begin to watch as this year unfolds that things will start to look a little bit different. Now, I'm not, if you're new to our church, I don't want you to think I'm a prosperity preacher because I'm not. I don't, I don't, I believe that God wants to prosper his children. I believe that. I believe that God has, the Bible says every good and perfect gift, it comes from God. The brand new truck, it came from God. The bigger income, it came from God. I believe all those things are true. You, you found this person that God has for you, I believe, and, it, and, it's, and it's a great relationship. I believe that God, that came from God. I believe everything comes from God. I believe everything belongs to God. Everything that you have that's good, it came from God. I believe that. He wants, Bible says that God loves to give good gifts to his children. I believe that. But I also believe this. We have to believe that it's possible for that to even happen. We have to believe it can possibly happen before it can even happen in your life. And so he says to them, guys, let's open up this bread and this wine. He says here in verse 26, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread, he blessed it, then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it, for this is my body. Verse 27, he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sang a song, and they went out to the Mount of Olives. I wrote down a couple questions today, and if you have notes, you can write these down if you want. Um, That guide you got when you walked in that said, um, new on the front of it, there's a spot on there. You can take some notes if you want to write them down. Um, if you want to. The, the title of my sermon, and you, you already have it, is called Come to the Table. You might be asking yourself the question, say, Wes, Wes, how do, I, how do I get to the table? How do I get there? Because some of you guys have sit here today, and just as I've been speaking to you, I've talked about Jesus and his blood being poured out for you today, and, and maybe inside you, you've realized, man, something's missing inside of me, and I, I, need, I need what he's talking about. A- am I allowed to come to that table, am I, allowed to, am I allowed to come into a relationship with Jesus? How do I, how do I get there, Wes? How do, how do, is there, is it possible for me to come there? And I want you to know the way for you to get to the table is through Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Do you want a new life today? You have to come to the table, but the only way for you to come to the table is through Jesus. We live in such a world, I was talking to my friend, um, we have a friend here today, they bring me a cup of coffee every single week except for two weeks of this entire church start. The first week, because they didn't know I was a coffeeaholic, and they were out of town a few, they were out of town one other time, and they didn't bring it twice, every single week, and now it's the place where they would just bring me a black cup of coffee, and now it comes to spec. It comes with a splash of cream and a splash of sugar. It's perfect. It's just, it comes hot and ready, and anyways, I'm thinking about coffee. The sermon's not about coffee. Um, Every... See, we, we were talking about this. We, we were talking about this. He goes, you know, my, my whole life, I believed that I had to work my way. I was, I was probably going to be in purgatory. He said, I, I, my whole life, the way I was taught, I, I thought I was going to be in purgatory. And he said, not only did I thought I was going to be in purgatory, but the only way for me to get out of purgatory once I got there was I had to rely on somebody else's prayer to get me out of purgatory. Could you imagine if you had to rely on somebody else getting you to heaven? You wouldn't want to rely on me. I would fail you. 
I'd be like, I'd be walking to the cross, down the cross of your sins, and I would see a Starbucks, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to Starbucks. <laughs> like, I would get sidetracked. You don't want to rely on me to get you to heaven. You don't want to rely on anyone in this room. Because here's the deal. If you've, if you've been around people longer than, longer than a minute, you realize that people let you down. People fail you. So not one of us in here today. And if you relied on somebody else to get you to heaven, I, I grew up on a, I grew up on a faith. I grew up on a faith that my, my, my grandparents gave, gave, gave my dad. And, and that, his faith was transferred t- to me. And one day I had to pick up my own faith and take out my own faith and say, this is what I believe. This is, this is how I believe. And then my kids, I'm going to let them have, I'm going to give my kids my faith. But eventually they're going to have to pick up their own things and say, this is what I believe. And I'm going to believe this because I believe it. Can you come to the table? The Bible says that every single person can come to the table. Red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in a sight. Everyone can come to the table. What if my sin's bad? Here's the good news about this church. Everyone in this room's sin is bad. And everyone in this room has a sin. My, my friend said to me the other day, he said, you know what? When you told me that everyone was a sinner at this church, I was like, Phew. Because most people walk around thinking they're the only one that's a sinner. Everyone in this church is a sinner. Everyone in this room says things they shouldn't say. Do things that they shouldn't do. Maybe some of us go places we shouldn't go. We think thoughts that we shouldn't think. Every single one of us in this room have the same, same condition. So how do we get to the table? We come, to, we, get, we come through Jesus. He is the way. Can I come, Wes? Wes I, let's, okay, I get it. But can I come? When I was a kid, I used to ask my parents, hey, can the guy in jail that's murdered X amount of people, can he go to heaven? Can he have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And I, as a, as a young kid, I used to think, there's no way that that guy who does the worst thing that's punishable, that, that was put in prison for life, for sentence after sentence, or the person that was put in an electrocution chair, like, it's impossible for God to love them the way that he loves me because I've never murdered anybody yet. I mean... I'm not playing on it, but I'm just saying, I've never murdered anybody. God loves me the same way he loves that person. Well, the Bible says that he loved, he so loved. He so loved the world. He loved the entire world that he only gave one son. He loved the world so much that he gave one, his one and only son, to die for the sins of the world. How do I get to the table? You, you come through Jesus. Can I, can I even come to the table? Am I, am I allowed there? You're allowed there. If we took a polling here today and said, all right, I want us to raise your hand. Who, which of you, don't raise your hand, okay? If I ask the question, which one of you guys think you're the worst sinner in the room in here today? And let's say just me and Patrick, who's in the back, just me and Patrick raised our hand. The worst. We've done the, who, who's done the worst amount of things possible? And let's say it's just me and Patrick. And probably just me. Let's say I raised my hand. God died for me. The same way that he died for the person here that thinks that they've done the least amount of sin. Probably the person that's done the least amount of sin here is probably the youngest. Unless they're my kids. My kids are like, they're, they're like they, they sin like adults. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> pastor's kids are messed up. Pray for them. Um, whoever's in the most and the least, God died for both of them. He still poured his blood out for both of them. The same amount of blood covered both of their sins. It covered both of their sins. Can I come to the table? Absolutely. Everyone can come. Now, here's the deal. Here's good news. Here's more good news. What, some of you guys might be thinking the question, what do I get when I come to this table? Does it come with an outfit? Does it come with a robe like Jesus wore? Does it come with new Nike sandals? I don't know. Like, what, what happens 
when I get to the table, what do I get? You get the same thing that got you to the table. The thing that gets you to the table is Jesus. When you get to the table, guess what you get? You get Jesus. So many people, they're coming to the table because they're looking for heaven. They're looking for one day when I die, I want to make sure I get to heaven. When you come to the table, you get Jesus. You don't just get him when you get to heaven. You get him immediately. I like to go shopping. If you've been around for a while, you know that. And um, I just, I like to buy clothes. If you said to me, hey, Wes, here's a credit card. You can buy clothes. I would wear a new outfit every single Sunday. I want to look my best for God and for myself. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I like to go shopping. But would it be something if I walked in today and I said, all right, cool. I, I, I go to Gap or Express or Banana Republic. I take gift cards to any of those. It doesn't matter. Either one of those is fine. So if I walked in and said, okay, cool, I'm going to buy a new pair of jeans. And I bought a new pair of jeans. I said, cool, I'll come back later and get them. But that would be silly, right? Because i got to drive 25 minutes to Millennia. And um, my car automatically just drives there when I get in. It just goes by itself, autopilot. And so wouldn't it be silly if I went there and I bought and said, okay, cool, I'll come back later. I'll get those later. No one would do that. that. That's stupid, let's be honest. And that's... It's a bad word in church, but that's like the least of the bad words I've said so far. So that's stupid, right? Like who would buy something and say, I'll come back later? Some of you guys got new vehicles over Christmas or, or over the break. Would it be silly if you say, I- I'm going to buy this card. You give a guy your credit card or you give your guy, um, you, you sign a note that says, all right, for the next 20 years, you're going to pay 600 bucks a month for this brand new vehicle. Whatever it is going to be. I don't care what it is. But let's say you, you bought this car and you have it. All right, I'm going to come back next year. I'm just going to pay for it for a couple years and I'll come back and get it. That's silly, right? We don't get Jesus when we get to heaven. The moment you enter a relationship with Jesus Christ, you get him right then. And Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, you get, you guys, you guys get me, and you got me, and this is what you get. And he starts explaining to them, he says, guys, the bread that you're about to eat, that I broke for you guys and I served it out to you, it's going to resemble another body that's about to be broken for you. And it's my body. It's my body that's about to be broken for you. And you're going to get this bread in pieces, and my body's about to be beaten to pieces. And you're going to get that. And he says, take it, guys. And he says, God, thank you for this bread that we're about to eat. May these guys remember me. And then he takes a bottle of wine, and he pours it into a cup and serves these guys. And I don't know if they shared the same cup. I don't know. That's weird. If you share a cup, we're not going to share a cup in the moment. Everyone's getting uh, getting their own cup. (laughs) Um, And so he opens up a bottle and pours it to all of them. And he says, guys, this drink here, it's going to assemble, it's, it's going to resemble my blood for you that I'm about to pour out on the cross in Calvary for you. I, I'm going to do that for you. I'm about to, it's going to be poured out. My blood is going to be poured out for you. And I, I want you to remember as you guys go on, you guys go through life and you guys go do all the things you're going to go do. I want you to always remember that my body was broken for you guys and my blood was poured out for you guys. And God did that with those guys. Just a few moments later, he's praying for these guys and then he's captured by Roman soldiers and then he goes and he does exactly what he told those guys was about to happen and he hangs on a cross for the sins of not just the disciples, but he did it for the sins of the world. For the sins, for the sins of the world. That's why God, and that's why we take communion, because God wants you and I to remember what he's done for you and I. And, and listen, my friends, you can't, the goodest person, the best person, 
cannot work their way. I corrected my English. The best person cannot work their way to heaven. The best person, the most amazing person you know cannot work their self, cannot work themselves to heaven. They can't do enough good things to get themselves to heaven. You can't do that. You can't do enough good things. You can't. And when you leave today, you'll get um, a magazine um, with Matthew's Hope on it. You'll, you'll get a magazine today. And um, a lot of you guys for the last, for this whole month, you, we've collected bottles of water. We've collected over 2,000 bottles of water to give. I, I delivered those. It's 50-something cases. I delivered to them with the twins. We loaded my wife's minivan up. It was driving like this for the first trip. I take two trips. That's a lot of bottles of water. Over 2,000. I got there. Scott, the guy that runs Matthew's Hope, he said, this is so nice. Thank your church for us. This is amazing. We collected 200 pairs of socks because homeless people, they need, they, they need dry socks and clean socks. And we collect over 50 toys for the, for the homeless in our area. And I just found this out, that they're opening up a food pantry right here in this school. And obviously I'll come to you guys because this is our house. This is our church. We let the school borrow it from us. We pay them to borrow it from us. And, um, <clears throat> but I want us as a church, I want us to get... I want us to know more about what they're doing in our community for homeless because they're there. They've identified 30 families that are homeless in this, that go to this school. And the guy told me there's 70 homeless, they've identified 70 homeless families people at Dr. Phillips. So you can imagine in our, our school, that's 4,000 kids, there's more than just 30. We could serve all those homeless people. We could take enough offering and we can build them all homes and we can give them enough water and we can give them socks and we can give them underwear and we can give everything they possibly could want. We can give them can't. We can do all that. And we could do it every single day and we could be killing it. We could be like, we, we could eradicate homelessness in our area because all of our offerings that we took in an offering basket, we could do all that. But it still wouldn't be good enough to get ourselves to heaven. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff. You can't. The reason why we do all this stuff is because God loves us. He cares for us. And he's called us to serve people. And the way that he modeled that was putting his son on the cross for the sins for you and for me. And, they, and he modeled it so that we could receive that gift. And now we model what Christ modeled for us, serving. So that's why we do it. You can't be good enough. There's no such thing as, oh, I'm good enough. I've served a lot of homeless people. I did a lot of good things. When I first started, I'm going to invite the band up. When I first started ministry, for the first three years, I thought everything that happened was because of me and my hard work. And I'll, I'll be honest with you one step further. I tried to get God. I tried to work. I, I was saved. I had a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I still was working for approval. I was still working for approval. We probably had in eight and in, in, in ten years, we probably saw over a thousand kids come through a service. In, in eight years of youth ministry. We minister, my wife and I, we've ministered to thousands of people in other, in third, world, in third world countries. And I used to think, man, look what I've done, God. Look how awesome I am. Look how awesome I am. God, do you love me more now? God, am, am, am I doing good, God? Am I doing a lot of good things? And then one guy, one day I woke up and God was like, Wes, there's nothing that you can do to make me love you more or less. I've already died for you. I've already poured out my blood for you because I love you. Now quit trying to work. So I'll love you more because you can't do anything to make me love you more. You can't do anything more to make me love you more. The only thing you can do is be yourself. All those things that you're doing, they're good things. But do them because I love you. Don't do them because you're trying to get me to love you. You're trying to get me to love you because I already love you enough, Wes. 
So here's the deal. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit us at hopewintergardens.com to connect with us.